How's it going, Tim? Going good, man. It's going good. It feels like we haven't um, talked in forever, uh, but we've had uh, such a good run, and then we had uh, two two off weeks within a span of you know what a month and a half, uh, a month. Yeah, we had. I don't know how long we were going hot there for, but it was three three months probably, and then a little bit of a cold streak started with with tied to Avasa. But, you know, I'm ready to, to get things back on track. I'm ready to put my life savings on Diego Lopez in a few weeks. Um, yeah, but that's for another day. This is an interesting card. But before we get into this one, did you see the card with Sarukian and Daryush? How stacked that card is? Yeah, that is, uh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good card. I, I'm excited. They're putting together some really good fights. Yeah, man, that entire card is, like, basically a, a hardcore MMA fan's dream. That thing is full of, because we got, let me go run to it quick. Here it is. We got Daryush Sarukian, Dan Hooker, Bobby Green, which, I mean, I feel like we're going to have to double down on Bobby Green again, maybe, there. Rob Font, and then Davis and Figueredo's Bantamweight debut, Sean Brady, yep. Kelvin Gastelum. Khalil Roundtree, Osmat Mirzakhanov, Punahele Soriano versus Dustin Stolfis. Clay Guida's fighting. Misha Tate is fighting. What is this, man? Is this 2012 again? But we're getting some good fights on that card, yeah. that main card. There, there are. I mean, obviously, the um, most important one is going to be the Sarukian Darush, obviously, since that's the the main main fight um but there's implications with bobby green and dan hooker too man and same with figgy making his uh his debut up away class so yeah we shall see and is this gonna be the the uh retirement fight for clay guida he fooled everybody last time when he took his gloves off so we'll see yeah man i was there in kansas city when he took his gloves off and everyone was freaking out in the arena and then he just starts talking, normal. And everyone's like, what the hell's going on? We didn't even know he faked it out until I got on Twitter later. And everyone's like, oh, he's faking it. We all just thought he actually retired. Yeah. Because we can't hear anything either. Like, you can't really hear their speeches very well. and Nobody really knew. Oh, but... really? Yeah, no, you can't really hear him because that was the same time that uh, that weird guy who just fought. Who did he just fight? Alexander Hernandez. He just fought. I don't remember who he fought. Um, but he, like, went full heel and started, like, yelling about how gross Kansas City is, which Kansas City is kind of gross. But And no one knew what he was saying. So he was, like, insulting everybody, but we just, like, couldn't understand his words. So everyone was like, why is he yelling? It was, yeah. What the fuck was his name? He's got a, a weird name. I don't know. But anyways, man, uh, Jalton Almeida, the guy that I think, you know, could be the next heavyweight goat or you know double champ sort of a deal taking on Derek lewis this week uh we're gonna have a good good card to break down we're gonna finish off strong with that almeida and lewis fight but first off uh we've got i'm gonna let you hit that name right there tim um all right so to start off the first fight we have caillou fernandez versus mark de casey um 
This one is I'm I'm a little bit surprised because you got to remember too this card is going to be uh, in Brazil. So the theme is and it just happened we just had the the card in Saudi Arabia um, which was a very uh, Russian Russian uh, favorite type card um, and. Believe it or not, all the all the Russians won. So, um, little trends like that. We had the one in Canada where where we saw a lot of a lot of action on the Canada fighters, the Canadian fighters. So, uh, I think we're gonna have to stick with that same kind of mentality here uh, when it comes to the scoring. If it goes to um, any kind of judge's decision, uh, but you know they really want to put a show on. For the home crowd and and they're trying to get more more people involved so they want their their fighters their countrymen and countrywomen to win so i'm gonna probably go uh not too crazy but definitely a little uh brazilian heavy on this card interesting so and, and we started off and this is going to be the first first part of uh the brazilian parlay for me is this kid, uh, Caio Fernandez. One kid um, going against Mark DeCasey, which we've seen. He's been around in the UFC. Um, he's very, very experienced. The whole thing is is he's he's been on a funky little skid. So out of his last five fights, he's dropped three. Um, two of them are by submission and... Um, One's by decision, and the other two, his wins are by decision as well. Whereas we go to uh, Fernandez, who um, just came off a, a fight in March. He's got one loss, um, four wins by finish, right? By er, knockout, uh, TKO, and two wins by submission so six of his eight wins are by finish uh two decision wins and a decision loss this kid's a finisher he was in uh lfa um he's got two knockouts in lfa i think it's gonna be uh a quick jump um of a finish to start off this card i think this is a perfect setup for it a new up-and-comer shine him up um, get the Brazilian crowd going, and this should be uh, at plus money. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to say it's going to be a finish, but I would definitely take the plus money on Caio Fernandez. Yeah, man, I think I'm on the same way. The same ugh, English is hard sometimes. I think I'm on the same same wavelength as you here. I think Dye Casey is kind of just average at best uh and fernandez is fighting out of an embarrassed gym jose aldo's gym i think his takedown defense is going to be on par and i think the only way die casey wins this fight is if he basically wrestle fucks fernandez because on the feet fernandez is flashy i watched uh, his two lfa wins his last two fights on youtube or whatever the fuck it was some video service thing um 
and he's flashy man he's got some quick striking and he's got some really really good muay thai and i think that's going to serve him well here against dia casey who he's kind of been wrestling heavy lately i think he's a little bit uncomfortable on the feet i think he's he's gotten rocked a few times and i think he's been around enough to know that he doesn't want to get hit and i think that's going to kind of be his downfall here which i see also on Twitter, the the betting people are all over Dia Casey in parlays and stuff, and Dia Casey by decision, everyone is freaking out about because they think this guy is gonna just go out there, take him down, and sit on him. Which you know it's possible, but the fight each round is gonna start standing up, and I think Fernandez is just gonna be be fighting like a bat out of hell those first minute, two minutes of each round, um, and I think he's gonna do damage. And I mean, like I said. He's training with guys who have pretty good takedown defense, and so I feel like his is going to be at least average. You know, maybe not the best in the world, but at least average takedown defense. So I'm going Fernandez with you here. I think you're right. I think this guy's got a shot at being a decent prospect. Uh, in the UFC, I mean, just looking at this line, Daikise has been, you know, heavy favorites over these these guys who aren't in the UFC or making their debut and he's not a heavy favorite here he's just a slight favorite uh, and i think that that's because the ufc and the matchmakers and the book the bookmakers are giving respect to fernandez because they know he's a legit prospect and a decent guy so i don't see why why this isn't a good dog shot so i'm with you on fernandez here All right. like i said i i think they want to they want to start it off with uh hometown guy and it just lines up perfectly uh with the younger fighter and being the the hometown guy so i i think that's the right the right move there i agree this next one uh i don't think i'm gonna have as much of a of a problem deciding because i was kind of thinking fernandez die casey the past couple days it's kind of been a, a little back and forth in my brain but this one montserrat ruiz versus eduarda mora uh, I'm going with Eduarda Mora. Her nickname is Ronda. She's 9-0. She's a heavy favorite here. She's the Brazilian. And I watched Ruiz's last two fights uh, against Joaquin or Jacqueline Amorim and Amanda Lemos. And I'm just not really impressed with her all around. Uh, her Amanda Lemos fight, she got knocked out. But Amanda Lemos is obviously a beast. Before that, she beat Cheyenne Vlismas and uh, some girl that I'm not going to try to pronounce that name. Um, but I just think Mora is probably the better prospect here. They're both around, you know, they're a year apart in age, so nothing crazy. Ruiz is five foot with a 61-inch reach, and I think that's pretty big here. I think she's probably going to get outranged, and I think she's probably just going to uh, get out kickboxed. And then if you go to Mora's record, just go look at that quickly. Uh, she has a lot of submissions as well. She's got three KO wins and five submissions. So, you know, I think she can outkickbox her. And I also think, you know, it goes to the mat. Ruiz will be in trouble. What side are you on here, Tim? Yeah, I'm on I'm on uh, Mora by finish. Uh, I was on Montserrat last time. I thought, you know what? She's had some nice time off. Uh, she fought a tough person, Amanda Lemos. And she came out and she did look tiny. She looked tiny um, and she gassed and it was not good. And she got the ground and pound and was out of there. And that was two months ago. So 
we know this turnaround time um, when you when you do that you know your brain's not fully healed you know you don't know where your cardio is you haven't had time to, to work on not getting gassed and you're going against uh, a finisher um, once again this is a girl that came off the contender series uh, Brazilian up and comer making her debut I think this is gonna be an easy finish um, I'd probably go finish and under 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 two and a half no problem I like that a lot I think I think Mora could make quick work of her too it could be one of those weird you know first round finishes sort of a deal where we don't see it very often in women's MMA but I'm just really not a believer in Montserrat uh, and especially, you know, she's a 105er. It's pretty clear when she weighs in. She always weighs in way under. And she it looks like she walks around at the weight that she weighs in at. She's never really, like, ripped because she's just not at her weight class. But the UFC doesn't have a 105, so she's got to fight 115. Um, so I think she's just going to be at a huge disadvantage here. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, this is going to be a standalone bet. Um but, uh, yeah, it's going to be... I'm going to take Mora by finish. I like it. This one, this next one's interesting. We got that whole... The UFC always likes to show that graphic of 10-plus years difference between, you know, fighters. The younger fighter wins 60 or 70% of the time. Uh, we got Angela Overkill Hill with <laughs> her almost even record. She was one loss away. Uh, from being 14 and 14 so she's 15 and 13 and she is going to be 39 years old in a couple months versus Denise Gomez who is going to be 24 in a couple months so 39 year old versus 24 year old Tim uh, you got any any strong opinions here uh, yeah so this is going to be this is going to be it for Angela Hill. This is going to be the, the retirement fight. Um, it's it's tough. Uh, I like Angela Hill. I'm uh, personally a fan of hers. Um, uh, we saw Mackenzie Dern just beat the brakes off of her in her stand-up. And Mackenzie Dern is not a stand-up fighter. So... That was quite alarming. That has lost that much of a step with her um, kickboxing or Muay Thai or whatever background um, she has. I believe, I want to say, it might be Muay Thai. Uh, but the the thing here is, Combs, she's got what? She's eight and two. Right? She's got six knockouts and two decisions. So you're looking at a, a absolute hammer. And I don't know. And we saw her last time. We saw her just fight. Um, and I think we were both like, what the hell? This is this is amazing. When she fought uh, Yasmin uh, Jaraguia or yep. something like that. Her only... Her only um, loss within the, recently in her last five fights was uh, Luke Boomy, and I think I think she's uh, uh, actually a decent fighter. So I can't hold that against her, um, but this should be. I can't I can't bet Angela Hill. I would I would love for Angela to 
turn back the hands of time and and make a, a legitimate run and kind of fight for it but it's not it's not going to happen unfortunately you can't turn back the clock so and her stand up did not look good last fight yeah <sighs> I'm not betting this fight but I think I'm going to pick Angela Hill and I've always been an Angela Hill hater I've never really been a fan I think she kind of gets the baby treatment from the commentators. It seems like, you know, she's a friend of theirs. She sometimes helps out with commentary sort of things. So they're all, like, a huge fan of her. But it just, when they talk about her while she's fighting, they make it seem like she's beating the shit out of the opponent every single time. She's in these close losses, and everyone screams robbery because the commentary is like, Look at that great jab from Angela Hill as she's getting countered with, like, a fucking overhand right with the power of Thanos behind it. And they say, great jab by Angela Hill. She stuck it out there. Perfect timing while she got clocked in the side of the head. Um, Except for that last fight. There was no getting around that last fight. They had to basically bite the bullet and be like, yeah, our girl's getting, getting ran over here by Mackenzie Dern, which Mackenzie Dern's a dog, so, you know absolutely no shame there but i'm just not sold on denise gomez here uh, and i know angela hill is a top 15 women's fighter uh, for the strawweight division she lost to Mackenzie dern who's a top 10 fighter she beat emily dakote she beat lopita godinez who's actually pretty decent she lost to verna janderoba who's a top 15 she lost to amanda lemos who we just saw you know, survive five rounds with the champ. And Amanda Lamosh only beat her by a split decision. Jane Roba beat her by decision. Mackenzie Dern beat her by decision. I don't know if Gomez can get her out of here. And if she can't get her out of here, I don't know if she can, you know, sustain the pace over 15 minutes to win a decision. So for me, I think Angela Hill will be the, the decision, but get ready for who's ever in the commentary booth to you know, really, really talk about that very weak jab that Angela Hill keeps landing. Maybe if they say it loud enough, then the judges will hear it, because I don't know if the judges sit close to the commentary booth, but maybe they'll hear it, and maybe they'll uh, score it for Angela Hill or something, but Gomez probably, you know, she's an interesting prospect, considering how many knockouts she has at 24 years old in the women's strawweight division. I'm interested to see where she goes, uh, and this will be one of those fights where it's kind of get my mind right when it comes to betting Gomez moving forward. Because Angela Hill, the time's up. You know, we don't have any more time to really bet her. Maybe we can fade her in the future. But Gomez, if she beats Angela Hill, or if she knocks out Angela Hill, she will be one of those that I'm going to want to ride moving forward. Because Amanda Lemos could not knock her out. Mackenzie Dern could not submit her or knock her out. Verna Janderoba could not submit her or knock her out. So... If Denise Gomez gets her out of there, then she'll be a name that I want to ride, whether it's parlays, whether it's, you know, finishing props, whatever it is, moving forward. Um, I'm, I'll be I'll be this bold to say I might sprinkle a little bit of her to uh, knock out Angela Hill. Mackenzie, you got to remember, Mackenzie Dern had her rocked, but... There was some kind of switch in her head where she didn't go in for the kill. She kept on trying to get the submission. If Mackenzie Dern stayed on her feet, he didn't try and just win by submission to, you know, pad her submission stats because, you know, we all know how good she is at jujitsu. 
Yeah. If she stuck with it, she could have got her out of there. A hundred percent. So now you're taking a girl that is a stand-up hammer. I think she's going to knock her out. I will definitely sprinkle Gomes by uh, KOTKO. I'll be watching for it. Like I said, if she knocks her out, I'll be surprised and I'll be happy because they need a knockout artist at the strawweight division because they don't really have like a true knockout artist. Yeah, and that chin's not getting any better as we approach 39 years old. Especially after that beatdown in that last fight. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. All right. This is the uh, last part of my uh, little four-piece Brazilian parlay to start the, the prelims. Vic, Vitor Petrino versus Modestus Bukowskis. Um, gate, uh, I'm going to be on Petrino. As I said, this is going to be the last little part of in parlay for me. Um, looking at a uh, kid, 26 years old, undefeated, 9-0. Um, a legit uh, finisher. Um, he looks really, really good. He's on um, 11-win streak, uh, including amateur. Two decision wins, six knockouts, and a sub. He, This will be his third UFC fight. Um, and he's already got a win over uh, Chercali and uh, uh, Marcin uh, Pacquiao. So, I'm going to definitely go um, with Petrino here. But, I think Modestos could possibly put up a, a better fight. I wasn't really impressed with his uh, decision win over Zach Pauga. But, he is riding a four-fight win streak. Granted, a couple of those... Um, more cage warriors and then he's got a win over Tyson Pedro and that Zach Palga um decision 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 um and a KO so he's not he hasn't been on a finishing tear uh, but I have to I have to just go go with the Brazilian here Petrino yeah so I kind of actually think Bukowskis is decent. Like I think he's a better fighter than maybe we give him credit for. But I just don't think I can bet him here. Petrino is a physical specimen. The guy is absolutely juiced to the gills. He walks around like a boner, and you know if they have like the boner walk where it looks like they got seven back surgeries, but they're twenty five. You know that they have, you know, a little bit of EPO up in their blood. Um, and oh, yeah. Petrino's one of those guys, man. He's He's got that. It looks like their back is, like, concave because they're so erect. But it works for him. And he probably should have finished all of his fights uh, in the UFC. He probably should have finished Turkology. And he did finish Pracnial, but he probably should have finished him a lot sooner than he did. Um I just I just think he's he's kind of a guy who's getting a lot better 
And he's such an athletic freak that I think he can probably do whatever he wants with Bukowskis. But Bukowskis is actually decent. Like, Bukowskis, that's a weird name to say. The more I say it, the more it kind of sounds funny in my, my mouth. But um, the guy's got skills. Like, I watched his last fight against Pauga, and it was kind of just Pauga's fault that that fight was really boring. He just, like, grabbed him over and over and over and just stalled. Like, he was literally just holding on to him. And Pauga is a big dude. He was a former heavyweight. He was an NFL player. He was just grabbing onto him and trying to hold him the entire time, not even really punching or anything. Bukowskis was trying to get away yeah. and stuff. Um, before that, he beat Tyson Pedro, who Tyson Pedro, you know, pretty decent. He's, he's had some good wins. And then there were some cage warriors, like you said. But I don't know. I think, I think Petrino is just that guy. I think he's just a Terminator. He reminds me of Gregory Rodriguez, the RoboCop a little bit. Um, yeah. where he's got the power on the, the feet, and then he also has the jiu-jitsu to back it up. So I'm going to go with Petrino here, uh, and I actually think he probably gets a finish, and I think you know maybe it could be the first round if I had to get a, an exact round on. I think he goes out there. I think Bukowskis is really willing to exchange punches, and I think Petrino just catches his chin early, puts him away. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go that crazy. Um, it's just going to be a straight, uh, money line thing for me, but that's the whole thing. I can see Modestus is kind of just trying to tie him up and, and just wear on him and get that control time. And you know how judging goes. So it could, it could either lean heavy for, uh, the Brazilians where, He's just getting worked out along the fence, and Petrino somehow still gets the win because there wasn't a lot of damage done. Or Modestus just, like you said, kind of ties him up, holds him there, and he's uh, got his back facing the center of the octagon, and he ends up getting the getting the points. So I can see either way. So I'm just going to take money line on uh, Petrino in that parlay. I like it. This next fight should be good. This is this is the one of the OGs, one of the guys who's been around a little while. Uh, Alessio Zaleski versus Renat Fakhradinov. And Renat is has been that guy lately. He's been taking out some good fighters. Uh, Kevin Lee obviously fucking sucks, but he took out Brian Battle. <laughs> Mikolaitis, you know, I guess Mikolaitis isn't really much. Um, Eric Spicely was his last fight before before the UFC. That's interesting. But, yeah, Renat, I mean, took out Brian Battle and did it dominantly. And Brian Battle is a guy who, you know, no slouch there. But Zaleski here, I mean, this guy is really, really underrated when it comes to MMA and just how well he's done over the years. Let's go look at a few of his wins. He's got a few big-name wins here. So he beat Benoit Saint-Denis. He beat Abukar um, yep. Nurmagomedov. He lost to Li Jingliang. He beat Curtis Millinder. He beat Sean Strickland. He beat Lyman Good. I mean, those aren't small wins. Those are those are decent wins. Sean Strickland's on there. Um, but there's a little bit of an upward trajectory for Renat Fakhradinov. And there's a little bit of an age downsided trajectory for Zaleski. So 
I'm going to pick Renat, but I'm not betting this. There's no way I'm touching this. I'm picking Renat, but it's in Brazil. Zaleski's Brazilian. He's a dog. We know he has that fight in him. We know that he has enough fight to beat the shit out of Benoit Saint-Denis, beat Sean Strickland. That's enough for me to completely say plus 275 or whatever it is. You know, that's that might be a little wide. You know, some people might feel like that's a good bet. I'm not going to fade Renat, but I'm also not going to pay the the hefty price on Renat here. So I'll watch and see. Are you confident enough to take the dog shot here, Tim? No, no, uh, I'm not touching it. Um, I'm with you. Um, I'm going to take Renat, but I am not. um, I'm not laying anything on it. Um, Depends on how the parlay goes um, and a couple other things. I might sprinkle a little bit uh, on Renat, but most likely not. This will be a good one just to watch because, like you said, this could be uh, a little bit more competitive than we thought. Um, well, we'll see. I think it's going to be Renat, though. I think it's going to be Renat and most likely a finish. Yeah, dude, Renat, I think, is is a part of that new generation, like the Shavkat Rachmanovs of the world. I think he's, I mean, I could be very wrong, but I think he's all like um, among that breed where they're those, those European Russian wrestlers where they're just very, very fucking good. I don't yeah, know, though. I mean, you got to remember, he went in there and completely dismantled Kevin Lee. Yeah. Yep. Kevin Lee had to retire. He had to retire after that. Yeah, There's he's no doing... coming back from what, what happened to him. There was no coming back from that. Do you know about Kevin Lee's brother, Keith Lee? Uh, I just know, I think Sean Strickland wants to beat him up or something like that. Yeah, Sean Strickland wants to beat him up, and he's, he's like, super famous on TikTok. He does food reviews, and he's, like, one of the biggest oh. TikTokers. Like, I think he actually oh. might be the, the most famous person on that app. You know what? I did see something. I actually saw something yesterday on it. Yeah, dude. He, he goes around, and he, like, actually makes businesses like $100,000. He'll be like, this, this place has really good food. Order them on DoorDash, and... You know, go in there, check out the food, and those businesses call him and be like, "Yeah, you made us like fifty k in the next two months. Like, thank you so much, or like whatever it is. It's insane. Like, he actually changes people's lives." Yeah. Uh, well, his brother sucks at fighting, so. Yeah, Keith was a fighter too. He was in Bellator. I never even watched a single one of his fights, so not sure if he's any good or not. And now he's doing TikTok. So, I mean. Hey, it, it is what it is. He probably makes 50 times as much money on TikTok. We should get on TikTok, yeah. Tim. Ah, Start maybe, getting famous. That's for, that's, that's for the young the young studs. Yeah, <laughs> the young studs. All right. This next one uh, is Daniel Marcos versus Victor Hugo. And Hugo's image on Tapology looks like it's a selfie in his bedroom. And I think that kind of tells the story here. You know, he's he's coming in. He was on the Contender Series. He won via knee bar. That was also three weeks ago. So I want you to think, you know, very, very a little bit careful if you're looking to bet 
on this fight because Hugo, three weeks ago, you don't know if you're getting a fighter who's fresh. You don't know if you're getting a fighter who's, you know, completely just did a weight cut three weeks ago. Uh, Marcos, on the other hand, just lost to Davy Grant, but the judges gave him the win. I thought he obviously lost, but it is what it is. He's undefeated. He's a pretty decent favorite here. I think this is about as clean of a pass uh, as possible. I think you just watch and you look at both these guys and you figure out which one of them's legit, and then you move on and you bet them on the next one or you fade them on the next one. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Here's here's the thing. Um, I, I got no action on this one because we haven't seen much of Hugo. Um, we haven't. I mean, we have seen. Um, Marcos, the big thing for me, though, was when he fought Davy Grant, um, at, it it went to a decision. Gravy Dant, or Davy Grant is uh, fantastic at, at the stand-up. And even though um, technically I think Marcos lost, too, I was very impressed that he could stay there for you know the full fight. And Marcos is a finisher as well. So this might be, even though this, this, uh, let's see. So Marcos, Marcos is 30 and Hugo is 30 as well. But the amount of experience that Hugo has is almost double what Marcos has, which is a little bizarre. But seeing as Marcos is probably more of the hammer, I would lean towards towards Marcos to put to put uh, Hugo out. Do you think that do you think that's crazy? No, I don't think that's crazy because there's the the contender series fade as well, which has been pretty lucrative is the guys that come off the contender series get knocked out or get finished in their first fight in the UFC. So I could definitely see that happening. And also, like you said, Marcos hung around with Davy Grant because as much as I thought Davy Grant won, I mean, it was still a decision. He didn't finish Marcos, so went to the judges' scorecard. Marcos had his moments. You know, that's just, that says enough about who a, who a fighter is. If you're hanging around with Davy Grant, you're going to knock out these guys who aren't UFC caliber. So it just really depends on if Hugo is UFC caliber. Well, let's put it this way. He definitely has more ways to win. Because if he's got he's got the 24 wins and four losses, um, they're all pretty much uh, even with knockouts, submissions, and decisions. Whereas you have Marcos is legit eight knockouts and seven decisions yeah so if it goes to if it goes to the and you gotta remember david grant's a stand-up guy so if it goes down to the ground i would give the advantage to hugo oh boy tough fight this is a tough fight this might be something where it, if you want to hit hugo by submission um i think you have a, a really good chance you know, yeah. like I said, he's got eight knockouts, nine submissions, and seven decision wins. Um, I think he might be able to get this to the ground. You know, what you could see bet. these are the ones that are hard because just because, 
just because one guy's undefeated, he's a knockout guy and decisions. When you have somebody that has most of their wins, even though they haven't been in the UFC yet, that are are submission wins, and the other guy has not one submission win, you don't know how many times they've been put in a bad situation. Obviously, Hugo could take this fight any which way it goes and still make it competitive, uh, obviously being 24-4, and four, and just coming off of a knee bar win. I mean, yeah. if he puts if he puts Marcos in a knee bar, yeah, I mean that'll be that'll be the quickest tap you'll you'll ever see. Yeah, man, you could do. I was just thinking about this. You could do one of those. Have you seen on DraftKings the double chance? You could do Marcos by KO or Hugo by submission. You'd probably get pretty good plus money because I bet you they're probably favoring Marcos' decision and Hugo. I don't know, decision probably. They're, they're not favoring Hugo. He's the underdog. So it'll probably be Marco's decision will be what the bookmakers are thinking probably happens. So you could do that submission, Hugo, or Marco's knockout and probably get, you know, plus 200, plus 250 on that, I bet. Maybe even yeah. better. You might get plus 300 something. Yeah. I might look at that. I might look into that. I'm I'm That's really light I'm on this card. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. Oh yeah, because I'm going full full boat next week. So. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week. That shit is gonna be. Whew, I'm still deciding on the Aspinall Pavlovich fight. I haven't even come to a conclusion yet. Gotta watch a little That's bit of tape. Me. That's going to be an easy one. Yeah. It won't quite be as easy as Yuri knocking Alex out, but... <laughs> I see him training. I'm, I'm getting real nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got our boy Elves Brenner versus Anan Kruszewski. Kruszewski. That's a name. Um. Yeah. So... Two Brazilian guys. One guy uh, coming out of the shooter box with Diego Lima, which we all know. Um, some great fighters coming out of there. Uh, most most known for Charles Oliveira. But you see anybody that's Brazilian that comes out with that blonde hair um, is usually associated with the shooter box uh, gym. Yup. Uh, I'm gonna ride with this one um, with with my boy uh, Brenner. Um, I rode with him last time. He was getting the absolute shit kicked out of him, and then he just turned it on and um, got me got me a nice got me a nice dub. Um, he was the dog in that fight. I didn't even see the odds for this one. Um, to be honest with you. I not even, there's not even listed on DraftKings yet, so I don't know if something's up with it. It was a late. Um, uh, they just put in the the guy with the KK name. They just, I think yesterday uh, he just got plugged in. Okay, so uh, he's coming off of uh, sub in um, contender series, and then before that he's been in the jungle fight. Um, the jungle fight I take serious. Uh, at the same time, I'm going to go with um, stepping up against Brenner, 
that is the shooter box guy. I can't, I can't, I can't fade him yet. Um, eleven subs, two KOs, and two decision, uh, two decision wins, and three um, decision losses. So he hasn't been finished, right? And you're going against um, Krzyzewski, fifteen and one, and he has uh, nine submission wins, four KOs, and uh, two wins. So it wouldn't surprise me if this goes uh, to the stand up. And we just saw what happened with Elves when he got into the stand-up. He got his ass whooped, and then he lands that shot. Um, and it looked absolutely perfect. The only thing I worry about is Brenner getting cut. Because he was leaking and took a bad cut last fight. So we kind of got a little bit lucky. Um, but I think the, the experience and the people that he's training with... Um, is going to be huge for him. So I'm I'm all over Elves on this one. Um, I can see it going to to a decision. So I'm just going to take the the money line on it if it's decent, if it's close. Otherwise, uh, I'll just be rooting for Elves on this. Yeah, I'm interested to see where this line opens. Uh, I haven't seen it anywhere because this this KK guy. Um... You know, 15-1 and is a pretty good record. You look at his wins, they're not in shitty promotions. You know, you, let's just look at his last couple. You know, fought a guy 7-2 and two on the Contender Series. Uh, fought a guy 5-1. and one, Fought a 10-5. and five, Fought 8-3. and three. So these aren't, you know, the 2-2 two and two guys that we look for as red flags on records. So he's fighting all right competition. I haven't even watched any of his fights, so I don't really feel comfortable... You know, given a strong opinion, but what I do know is I do know Brenner and I do know shoot to box, you know, dogs, absolute dogs. We just saw one of them go toe to toe with Manel Cape um, a couple weeks ago or a month or two ago. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling like Brenner is pretty good. Uh, I don't know much about this this K guy. I pick Brenner, but. You know, like I said, I haven't watched any of this other guy's fights, so I don't really feel feel like my opinion is very very strong or anything. But I do like Brenner. I do like what he showed in that last fight. I do like the camp he comes out of. I like, you know, his build for 155 is pretty solid. He's 26, still learning stuff. So I don't think you can go wrong with, with a guy like Brenner here. I'm interested I'm interested to watch this this fight, though, see how that other guy shapes up because 15-1 is a pretty good record, so... It'll be good to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's a real good record. Um, and we'll see. Let's see what the we got to see what the line opens up as. Um, but as a fan, it's definitely Brenner for me. Brenner Oliveira. So when he comes out and he's got Oliveira on his shorts, that's his real Fuck last yeah. name. I have no idea why he goes by Elvis Brenner. Remember when we called him Elvis? Elvis. The first well, time I thought they him. had that before. Yeah, we called them Elvis for a while. All right. Um. This one. This is. This is a a fun one for me. So we have. Ishmael Ismail Bonfim versus, uh, Vince from Hell, Pachelle. Um. 
All right, so Bonfim was on a run, um, on a tear. He did uh, LFA, then he uh, won a Contender Series, and then he made his uh, UFC debut uh, and knocked out Terrence McKinney, and then got subbed by Benoit Saint Denis, which uh, we we did pretty well on that. I'm going to go with the kid here, um, Bonfim. I think he's, listen, he took that, that loss to Benoit Saint-Denis, who we were on at the time. Uh, it was a pretty much a good fight until it got, and, you know, until Bonfim got choked out. But Pichal, man, he just, he just lost to Mark Madsen a year and a half ago. Before that, he got a win over Austin Hubbard. Austin Hubbard, who just signed with the UFC, right? He won. Did he win Ultimate Fighter? Uh, I think. I think he got second. I think he. Yeah, he lost to the uh, okay, older so, guy. Yeah, so he's back on his second run in the UFC because he's an old turd too. Yep. So forty years old. No, it's not. Uh, this is a get back on track with the younger Bond theme. This isn't. This isn't okay. Let's let's start taking out our younger competition because we want Michelle to to come back in here and and make a run at almost forty one years old. Forty one when you're in uh, the heavier weight classes, you're a little bit more sustainable. But fighting at one fifty five. At 40 years old, almost 41 years old, that's crazy. And he trains at Big John McCarthy's Ultimate Training Academy. Listen, <laughs> I love, I love, uh, right, Pioneer. Absolute Pioneer. He's the man. Uh, I can't, I, this isn't, this isn't a, a legitimate fight. This is a get on theme on track fight and that's what it's gonna be in brazil with a brazilian guy fighting on the card with his brother come on this is gonna be a bomb theme parlay and it's gonna be it's gonna be uh vince pichel taking the l here vince the l pichel oh vince the l you would not say that to his face with that mustache he's got going on you would not dare. I wouldn't say it's any. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's a monster up Ruiz's face, and she's five foot tall. <laughs> we saw what uh, Pollyanna Viana did to that that guy who tried to rob her. Um, yeah, yeah, this is for me. This is just one of those bets that I have to make. It's the same thing as the Tim Elliott Muhammad Makayev. And here's the the kind of deal with it. And first off, I'm gonna say. The Muhammad Makaya fight, it hurt for fucking three days knowing that Tim Elliott was up two rounds and he decided to get choked out by being an idiot. He was an absolute fucking idiot in that grappling exchange to get choked out like that. I don't know what happened. He forgot that triangle chokes exist. Not triangle, arm triangles, sorry. He forgot that he had the cage right next to him. Uh, and, you know, props to Makayev. But here's the thing. When we see a prospect get exposed, which we saw Muhammad Makayev get exposed when he basically 
almost got his leg ripped off by some debutante and then got punched in the face by that same debutante and did not react well. You know, when we see them get exposed and then they put them up against a veteran in that next fight and we see plus 400, plus 350 attached to that veteran, I'm just going to bet it because I've seen it happen too many times. I've seen Jim Miller's beat stupid ass, you know, prospects too many times. I've seen that exact situation too many times. So I bet Vince Pichel here and, you know, it's not it's not a big bet. It's very very small actually. It's, you know, 120th of the money that I had on Bobby Green when he fought uh what the fuck his name was, Grant Grant the the dumpy Dawson. Um Grant Dawson. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a very big bet here. It's pretty small, but it's it's just kind of one of my my principles here is when someone gets exposed and then they take on a veteran, you bet against them when you get that plus 350 plus 400 and Bombfeem got exposed and we were on it heavy. I mean, me and you both had Benoit Saint-Denis there. Because we knew who Benoit Saint-Denis was. We knew what he was. We knew how badass he was. So I'm just I'm just interested. Honestly, if I had to, if you put a gun to my head and said who wins this fight, I'd tell you Bonfim by knockout. Um, but no gun to my head. Just looking at the price. I don't think Pichel is going to look plus 350. I'd probably line this at Pichel plus 200 if I, if I had the chance to be a bookmaker here. So... I'll take Pichel uh, with my bet, but again, it's literally just because of the line, just like Tim Elliott was last time we talked. So that's my thoughts here. Now, not for nothing, though, you have to understand as well that um, all of Bonfim's losses were submissions, right? His four losses were subs. Yeah, he's a striker. Uh, yeah, but Pichal, uh does not have one submission win. So keep that in mind. He's gonna punch his face off. Are you, well, I'm just I'm just letting you know because the way, the way to get it done is is gonna be submission if Pichal wants to win. I think. When you got a mustache like that, you can do whatever you want, Tim. Well, maybe he'll grab onto it and and choke <laughs> him out with. He grabs his mustache and it comes off. It's been a prop the entire oh. time. All right, maybe. So this this is a good one. This is a fight. Um, I'm actually excited to see. Me too. We have Rodolfo Vieira versus Armin Petrosian. So, Rosian um, turned it around after his loss to uh, Kyle Barala. Um, I was, I'm, I'm very high on on Barala. I think he's fantastic. So, so that loss um, isn't isn't that to me. Um, Rodolfo Vieira, his losses. Um, the Chris Curtis kind of bothered me, um, and when he got subbed by Anthony Hernandez, that that crushed me. Um, but those are those are his two losses. Um, 
if this comes down to if it goes to the ground uh i'm gonna be all over Vieira, and i think that's the way for him to to win a lot of the the stand-up experience um and needs to to understand that and and just dominate uh position petrosian he kind of he went the full decision to you know the full fight with Barallo, but he kind of he's kind of a decision decision guy. Um, he hasn't gotten a finish since he was on the contender series two years ago, um, and you know, Rodolfo just came off of a nice uh, arm triangle choke over Cody Brunage and looked really really well. And this is a pretty this is what an even fight. Um, something yeah. like this, I would go. I would go Vieira by sub. I think he is just the better athlete. And if it was just jujitsu, it would be Vieira by a mile. Um, I think it's going to be the easiest path to victory for for Rodolfo Vieira is to win by to win by sub, and that's how he's gotten all of his wins in the UFC. If he wants to win again, um, I think that's what he's gonna have to do. Yeah. Um, just to start off, Rodolfo Vieira is one of the best BJJ practitioners ever in the UFC. Um, and that's not even really into question. You go to his competition wins and stuff. There's there's not really anyone like Mackenzie Dern and and Rodolfo Vieira, those are the guys that are on that level uh, of BJJ. Gilbert Burns maybe as well, but outside of that, um, there's nobody with the the same amount of you know world championships, national championships as Rodolfo Vieira. Um, but with that said, like the guy's kind of been a little bit underwhelming. In the UFC, I do think his nickname is pretty fucking sick, the Black Belt Hunter. Um, he oh, had a yeah. lot of he had a lot of like mental issues after that first fight where he got choked out by Fluffy Hernandez. Which, by the way, Fluffy Hernandez is a dog. The guy's a fucking beast. But yeah. uh, Vieira, he said he had to like overcome like like a bunch of stuff in his head. He said he had like intense performance anxiety and stage fright and all this stuff and you can kind of see it when he talks in his interviews he's kind of like scared and, and a little bit tentative but here in this fight petrosian has nothing on the ground like petrosian on the ground is a fish out of water um and Vieira's losses are to pretty decent guys. Like Chris Curtis, I know he's not a world beater, but he he probably beats Armin Petrosian. Fluffy Hernandez probably beats Armin Petrosian. So Vieira's at least not losing to guys that are scrubs. His wins, uh, Cody Brundage. I mean, everyone and their mom has a win over Cody Brundage by now. I mean, I should, I should fucking get a debut in the UFC against Cody Brundage, see if I can get a win there too, because... Feels like every one, on, man. 185er we see 
has a win over Cody Brundage somehow. Um, Dustin Stolfus, fine. I mean, that's a decent win. Uh, this guy I've never heard of. Sparbeg Safarov, never heard of. But uh, I think I think Vieira probably gets him to the mat, and I think he probably puts him away. I think he submits him. I don't think it's I don't think it's yeah, really going to yeah, be he'll close. Go for, he'll go for those those chain takedowns. That's what I think. That's what you're going to see from him. Yeah, and then straight into I bet you like a, a arm triangle or a rear naked. He's a he's a strangler. He's not really a like a arm bar guy or at least when he's come to the UFC, he's not really been a an extremity chaser. He's more of a, a strangler. So I'd see I see him choking him out. I see it. I don't see Petrosian having much for him on the mat. Like we saw Petrosian survive against Baralho, but we also have seen Baralho be very very I guess, content with just sitting on top, like being in control. We've seen that multiple times against guys who are not very good grapplers. Vera's different. He's not He's not content controlling on the ground. He's content only when he wraps his arm around your neck. And so I think he's going to, I think he's going to get the choke here. And I think he's going to chase it. Um, and I think he gets it. I really think he, he probably puts him away here. In Brazil yeah, too. I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty confident with, uh, Vieira by sub. You know what they should have done, man? They should have done Baralho versus Vieira in Abbas Magomedov versus Armin Petrosian. They should have given no, us the two grapplers versus each other because I would love to watch Baralho versus Rodolfo Vieira. That would be a fucking treat. Would be, but not not right now. Yeah, the UFC UFC doesn't want that. Not right now. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, Baral is so promising, and 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 Vieira's like his kryptonite, dude. He's like the perfect fighter to beat him, and then never win another UFC fight. <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it'd be like speaking of. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say. So speaking of Baral, he is he's the next one on this card. Yup. Against uh, the boy that I made so much money on. Remember when Sean Strickland was fucking an underdog against this guy? Yeah, well, I also... I also was... I could see it. I could see them trying to get rid of Sean Strickland. Obviously, that is... uh, Sean Strickland is the current champ. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I mean... We both were on Strickland um, there, weren't we? I think we were. Um, uh, yeah, I ended up taking Strickland, uh, but when we were discussing it, I, I wasn't sure how the UFC felt about, you know, if they were setting, setting Sean up, uh, because when this guy, uh, a blue spot, Dustin Stolfos, he got, he got a look out of there quick. Um, and he was yeah. on a nice, nice little run. Um, you know, from the UFC to KSW to whatever, you know, Eastern Siberia shit he was in before. Um, but yeah, he gassed the fuck out in the first round and Sean put it on him and got the finish. Um, I think you're going to see pretty much the same thing here. He's going to. Try and put it on uh, Baralo. Baralo's going to probably weather the storm. 
and then just dog walk them for the next two next two rounds and it wouldn't surprise me if Kyle ends up getting a, a nice little finish in here probably um, probably a sub for for Kyle um, he has taken a, a couple decisions lately he does have the sub over um, boy Mikey oh Alex Alex J Chuck don't say um, that Mikey O's my boy yeah well unfortunately he took the L um but he looked really good on a contender series and he's been constantly winning and now we're looking at it's been two years so he's developing even though he's 30 years old he's in the 185s right so he's in middleweight he's developing he's looking better and better he's he's patient um sometimes he might be a little too patient but now i think they know that they can they can kind of push the pace a little bit and now that he's at that next step I like I like Barallo here. I like Barallo here by submission. This could be a, a Brazilian submission parlay. Uh, Vieira and Barallo, both by sub. Or, if you're not 100% sure, um, by finish, both of them. Yeah. I got a lot of stuff to say about this fight, and not really any of it uh, is going to be particularly good. And not really any of it is going to be uh, particularly nice either. First thing is, is Baralho's tattoos are fucking awful. Like, I just, I mean, I'm staring yeah. at them. Those are just really bad. Free spirit on your Free neck spirit. in, like, a yeah. terrible font. I don't really love that. Uh, second thing, this is just, this is just kind of weird, but you were saying Kyle, and it sounds like Kyle. K-Y-L-E. It's like yeah, the Brazilian it Kyle. Kyle, dude. But it's Kyle. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I could understand why Bobby Green was such a big underdog against, um, you know, Grant Dawson, but I could not understand for the life of me why this Abbas Magomedov was evens against Sean Strickland. And I was actually so confused on why he was an even on the, the bookmaking that I was almost not going to bet it because I thought, you know, DraftKings might know something I don't know here. Maybe they know something that I don't, and maybe maybe I'm wrong because I thought Strickland should have been like minus 300 there. Um, and the last thing I got to say is, is Abus, it wasn't even that he lost. It was that he fucking quit. Everyone gets <laughs> tired in the UFC, dude. Like, everybody gets tired. There's, there's not a guy on the roster... Even the guys like Marab, who have, you know, the cardio of a guy who's been doing steroids for his entire life. The guys like Max Holloway, who have the cardio of something completely out of this world. They're tired in there. They're just not willing to show it. They're not going to physically break. But a bus, dude, I mean, he fucking, he, he got a little gassed. And he just decided it was time to quit. He stopped looking at Sean Strickland. Bro, he was looking to the side. He was literally, like, looking down at the ground because he just didn't want to be there anymore. And I can never bet a guy who, who's looking at the ground. Um, but, I mean, nonetheless, I watched that entire fight three times this week because I was, like, debating if I was going to bet a bus Magomedov, uh, which I came to the conclusion there's no fucking way I'm ever betting him. But... 
Uh, he has really good kicks, and his striking is actually really snappy. I just, I mean, I can't bet a quitter. I can't bet a guy who, as soon as he gets a little bit tired, you know, decides that he's not in a fight anymore. Um, and Baralho here is a dog, so it's going to be Baralho. I bet he probably, this one probably goes longer. I bet he takes him to decision because Baralho is a little bit, a little bit more comfortable going to decisions. Um, but yeah, I think Baralho is a side here easily. Yeah, I mean you're only as good as your 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 last fight. And remember, he was in, when he was in the PFL, he got you know before he got his ass whooped by Sean, um, he got a brutal KO in the PFL. Yeah, and that's what I was that's what I was um, concerned about. But I was like, you know what? He's turning around. He's getting some finishes, and then. His UFC debut, he had that really fast, uh, quick finish. Um, but if he went that hard in the first round of a five-round fight, I can only imagine how hard he's going to try and go in the first round of a three-round fight. He might be gassed by two and a half minutes into the first round. So I can't, yeah. I, I um, They're not doing him any favors by giving him Kyle here. No. He's getting taken down and he's getting laid on top of. I bet you I bet you that's the only reason that he survives is because Barajo takes him down. Because if a bus was on his feet for the entire first round, he'd just he'd just kick himself out again, like he did against Sean. But Kyle's probably gonna take him down and a bus is probably not gonna have those large movements with the kicks and all that shit. He's probably going to be able to conserve his tank a little bit more. But, I mean, if Barajo, for some reason, either can't get him down early or decides to not try to take him down early, then a bus, I mean, he's got a puncher shot here. He's got some really, really good head kicks. He's got some really, really good straights down the pipe. So he'll have a puncher's chance. I just, I don't really see it. Yeah. Oh man, the big boys. Oh boy, this is uh man, this is this is oh shit. This is not who I thought it was. Rodrigo Rodrigo Nascimento. Who did I think this was? Oh I thought this Dom was Delima or whatever. Whatever. Oh uh, no no Rodrigo Nascimento versus Dante Mays. Um this one, I honestly, I'm gonna root for a hometown guy for us, which would be Dontel Mays. Um, he's from he's from uh, up in your neck of the woods. No, he's from the United States. Oh, that's not fucking hometown. That's just patriotic. You're just being patriotic here. Home of the brave. Right? Home, home, home of the, the brave. brave, hometown. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this this kid. Go, listen, uh, even though Rodrigo Nascimento is he's ten and one, um, he's won three out of his last five, but his last five goes back to three and a half years ago, um, and that's where he subbed Dante Mays. Um, was the last of the five fights. Um, going back most recently. Um, he's got a loss to Chris Daukas, who is absolutely horseshit. Um, 
Well, that doesn't impress me. Um, That's a hometown guy, though, too. Stud. A hometown guy, too. Uh, he got a uh, standing TKO, but went to a draw. Um, because it must have been something with some kind of somebody tested or a foul or something. It was probably not cemento tested. Yeah, and he's got a split split win over Tanner Bowser and Alir Latifi. Alir Latifi, how old is Alir Latifi now? Like sixty. Just out of Yeah. And then you got Don Mays, who's got a win over Andre Arlovsky, who's a hundred and ten, uh, four months ago, which, you know, was a good name, but you know, this isn't Andre Arlovsky, you know, fifteen years ago. Bro. And he's got I'm, a loss of I mean Gustus. Sakai. Sakai, you know, I get it. Okay, that's not as bad as Chris Dawkins. Um, he's got a, a split decision here against Hamdi Abdullah Nawab. Um, Hamdi Abdullah Nawab. <laughs> yeah. That's for reason win, right? That's a nice knockout. And then uh, a Martinez uh, decision. So nothing impressive on either one of these guys. So I really don't care. I would like to just go see a slugfest and and hopefully somebody, um, somebody gets a nice win here. But there's nothing, nothing for me on this one. I honestly, I, I could care less. I, I go get uh run out to the store and get, you know, a Seven Eleven Glizzy, and a Slurpee and then and come back home and get ready for the the co-main. Y'all got Seven Elevens out there? Of course you do. This is New England. What are you talking about? Damn, dude. I thought 7-Eleven was a Western thing. No, they don't have 7-Elevens in the middle of the country? Nah, dude. We got Casey's. Casey's ran 7-Eleven out of this. Flyover country does not have 7-Elevens. That's one thing I do like is when I go out to like Colorado and shit, they got 7-Elevens on like every corner. Yeah, I just I just like their drink selections, to be honest with you. Me too. I like 7-Eleven's drink selections, and I just, I don't know. They got good donuts, too. I fuck with those. Um, Dude, this fight, yeah. I mean, you kind of covered it. This fight is, is dog poop. I don't know why it's so high up on this card. I mean, Andre Olofsky was, like, around when... He probably put a stone on the pyramids back in the day, dude. I mean, I don't know how long he's been alive. I don't know, you know, what he's seen in his 80 fights. Um legend of the sport but still i mean he's been around forever dante may's got a win over him and at this point it's like cool i guess you you beat the fading ghost of andre arlovsky uh and not cemento i mean i've always thought the dude just kind of sucks ass i tried to fade him against latifi and then it was a split decision you go to a split decision with latifi who kind of sucks you also go to a split decision with tanner boser who kind of sucks like, I just have no interest in betting this at all. Dontel Mays trains with John Jones, you know, every day. I think he was the guy who actually, you know, injured John Jones, so he had this. No, 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 that's, uh, no, he's another one. No, he's another one. It's a different uh, that guy? trains with John Jones. Is it Maurice yeah, Green? Yeah, John Jones. Maurice Green, and he gets fucking flatlined every time he fights. So that... Uh, that's like me saying I train with John Jones and then trying to go fight one of these fucking guys. <laughs> Just getting a flat one. Dude, 
Dude. Every single time. Maurice Green is terrible. Yeah. And he tore John Jones back off the bone. Yeah, because John Jones yeah. trained with Maurice Green, Jorgen DeCastro, and Dontel Mays, and they all fucking suck. So that just goes to show how much of an athletic that- freak John Jones is. He's, he's training with these dog poop opponents, but still, you know, somehow being the goat that he is. Yeah, this fight, I mean, I feel like we just ought to get past this one. I don't I don't fucking know. I don't fucking care. But if I have to pick, you know, I'm going to be cheering for, as Tim said, the hometown guy, Dontel Mays, just because I think Nazimeno kind of sucks, and I hope he loses. And it'd be really funny if he just, like, got flatlined in Brazil, which, you know, kind of rude to say, but still, I think it'd be kind of funny. This fight, though, dude, I'm psyched about this one. This next fight, Gabriel Bonfim. Let me exit this ad quick. Gabriel Bonfim versus Nicholas Dalby. And here's, dude, here's the, the crazy part about this fight. Everyone is writing off Nicholas Dalby. But this guy just got a win over Muslim Salikov, who's not bad. I mean, we go to Muslim Salikov's record. Let's go look at that real quick. Muslim Salikov. You know, guy came off of wins over Fialho, Trinaldo, Zaleski, Staropoli. You know, the guy's the guy's doing all right around. And then we go back to his last win, Warley Alves. You know, the guy's on a losing streak, but before that, he beat Sergio Morales and Munir Lezez. Um, You know, this guy has a win over D-Rod. This guy had a win over D-Rod, Alex Oliveira, this Nicholas Dalby guy. Um, with that said, I'm picking Bonfim, you know, doing the switch up here. I don't, I don't really see a path to victory for Dalby. I think Bonfim fishes a choke early. And I really think Bonfim is, you know, the future. I'm a big fan of this guy. I'm a big fan of his grappling. You know, we talk, you know, sometimes during BJJ class, we talk a guy who's who's a shark, a guy who he's going out there and he's he's just going hard and he's going as fast as possible. And his technique is usually pretty good. And usually he gets you the fuck out of there pretty damn fast. That's Bonfim. He's not messing around. He's taking you down, and he's going to finish you fairly quickly. And I think he does that to Dalby. Dalby's 38, almost 39. Um, And I think Bonfim is the truth. I think the guy's legit. He's not, like his brother, I think is a little bit reliant on flashy striking. Bonfim, this, this Bonfim, Gabriel, complete opposite. He has no reliance on flashy striking he can strike he's very we've seen him strike he's technical but when he gets to the mat that's where it's just his world so i think he takes dalby down i think he controls him a minute or two um and i think he fishes a submission and i would not be surprised to see dalby get first round submitted here you know uh you know i want to see bonfim dragged into deep waters eventually i'd really love to see you know, Bonfim see a third round, see a decision, just to see what he's got in the tank, see where his his resolve is at once we get to that third round. I just don't think this is the guy. I don't think Dalby is uh, that guy who's going to take us to that decision. So Bonfim for me, and I think it's going to be Bonfim by submission and Bonfim by submission early. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Listen, I like I like Dalby. 
I believe he's the one that sounds like he's he's hyperventilating and he's completely gassed, but that's just how he he breathes. Yeah, um, it's like Duplessis or whatever. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm with you with Bonfim. Um, this is gonna be a, a big. I, first of all, I think Gabriel Bonfim is the better brother. So I'm gonna go with him. I think he's gonna get further. You're just looking at the age. You're looking at another 39-year-old. You're getting up there. And, you know, granted, this isn't a 205-er at 38 or 185-er. He's a 170. So there's not much off between uh, Dalby and uh, Pichelle when it comes to weights and ages. Um, but I do I, I do think Bonfim is going to be too much. And once again, like I said, Brazil. This is going to be a, a showcase for Brazil and, and the Bonfim brothers. So I'm going to go uh, right with you on, on Gabriel Bonfim. And it wouldn't surprise me if he, he gets a finish by sub. Cool. I think we're on the same page there. Him by sub is plus 100 as well. And I think that's it's a doable line. Usually I would not pay, uh, you know, plus 100 or... Or whatever it is. Usually, if I'm looking for a sub bet, I'm looking for plus three hundred or better. But when it's these kind of guys and they're minus six hundred favorites, and they always fish for submissions, you know, I'd be comfortable with plus a hundred on Bonfim by sub. Yeah. So, so we, you know, this is this is the stuff that kills me. We can't. This main event, which everybody's excited <laughs> for. I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. But I feel like this could just be summed up, like, say in a minute. Like, for example, Derek Lewis knocks him out in the first round, or Derek Lewis gets submitted in the first round. What? Well, I, I mean, that, I don't know. I, I, that's, I don't know what, I mean, that's what, about else, it. I mean, Almeida is so fantastic on the ground. He's an all-around great fighter. He does have the stand-up, but his bread and butter is getting to the ground. Um, if we want to get a little little crazy, um, I don't know if... I don't know if his grappling could hold... Lewis down because Derek Lewis has that ability just to, to get up but even though I just said that Sergey Spivak laid on him and got him in an arm triangle choke so if Spivak could do that Almeida will have no problem whatsoever doing the same thing the only thing that I'm looking at here is that dart throw throw a couple bucks on Lewis by KO because that can happen at any point in time. And we played that last time. And what did he do? He opened up with a flying knee and ground and pound over uh, Rodrigo uh, de Lima. Or Rogerio de Lima. Yep. So that's the possibility. This You're not going to get money on um, Almeida by finish. It's going to have to come in the form of Derek Lewis by KO. Yeah, I mean that's we, that's the only way. That's the only way. 
We hammered. What did they have? It? I'm gonna check right now because I'm curious. Him by knockout. Uh, I see it as uh, no. uh, plus four hundred. For Derek Lewis by knockout, right? And then what about uh, Almeida by submission? Minus one twenty-five. That's what I'm saying. So it's not to me. There's no. There's no. Um, nothing really in it. Uh, for me, so Almeida to win by submission minus one twenty-five. Lewis to win by KO plus four fifty. Um. Yeah, even if you go double chance. For, for Almeida, which might to win by KO or submission, Almeida's minus four fifty. Yeah. So there's it's the money. The smart play is gonna be, um, Lewis by KO. That's you throw a couple bucks on it because the at plus four fifty, why not? Yeah. You know? And Lewis has the power to do it. And we don't know. We haven't seen Almeida in a pressure fight against a, a real big name. And now he's, I mean, Rosenstreich. But um, not somebody that has um, the fan base as Derek Lewis. And he's in Brazil. And he's a headliner. And it's, we don't know how he's going to react. So I'm kind of I'm kind of excited for this fight, um, but I think it's gonna be quick. I think it's gonna be real quick, um, and we'll see how the weigh-in's going, because you're looking at possibly a a you know 35 pound weight difference here in favor of Derek Lewis. So so we shall see, but unfortunately there's no technical. Technical side to the Derek Lewis. Derek was either going to knock you out or get finished. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's it. I have a different opinion uh, than you on this fight. Really? Yeah, I think, I think the best bet on this entire card is Almeida by sub minus 120. I got it at minus 120. Now it's minus 125, so it moved... Whatever that is, but I think Almeida takes him down, and on the first takedown, I think he submits him. And I think if he doesn't submit him on the first takedown, he gets him down a second time, and he submits him on the second time. I just, I just don't see how Derek Lewis does not roll into a submission because when Derek Lewis grapples, he has no regard for jujitsu. Like Derek Lewis, he just and he said it. He literally says jujitsu isn't real. I just get up. It just doesn't work for him. Like, the only time it ever worked for him was against a middling opponent. And then he went against Sergey Spivak, and he got submitted the yeah. first time he tried to get up. Uh, and Jouten Almeida, to me, is a different level than Spivak. Spivak is like a, a power wrestler brute when Almeida is actually a technician. There's not another technician like him um, in the heavyweight division. There's not another guy with the jiu-jitsu like him in the heavyweight division. We see him take guys down. Let's just go through his record quick. So he took down Rosenstrike, choked him out quick. Took down Shamil, ground and pounded him quick. Took down Dirkology, submitted him. Parker Porter, submitted him. 
Danilo Marquez submitted him. All of these have just been where he, he takes them down. He gets complete technical control over them. And when you have someone on top of you who's completely controlling you like that, you feel like you're getting drowned. That's why Khabib always said, I'm going to take you to the ocean. I'm going to take you to dark waters or deep waters. It's because you actually feel like you're drowning when you have somebody on top of you like that. And I just, I don't think Derek Lewis has any technical idea. I think Derek Lewis was about to get cut from the UFC, got that win, and then now he has this eight-fight contract or something crazy like that. And now what is Derek Lewis going to do? He's going to take as many fights as he can because he's going to be making half a mil a fight. You know, they, they paid him because the dude's hilarious. I love the guy. I love him as a fan. He's one of my favorites. We bet on him in that last fight, and then he came out, he produced, and then he said his funny, his funny shtick. Um, and he's just awesome. He's just a great guy. He's a great guy on the microphone, uh, but he's not a championship-level fighter, and Almeida is everything that a championship fighter is supposed to be. This guy is fucking special. There's no one like him in the heavyweight division. And I don't think there's anyone like him in the history of the heavyweight division. I don't say that lightly either. Um, there's never been a guy who has technical jujitsu skills like Almeida. Like he has he has the level of, of jujitsu, you know, of somebody like Mackenzie Dern, even though Almeida doesn't have the 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 trophies, the medals, all that sort of stuff, the wins, the the world championships, but he he grapples like he does, and part of that is because heavyweights are very easy to grapple. You know, you you cut down a big tree, it falls over, and it's hard for it to get back up. Um, and he just floats on top of them, and he just he just smothers them. They can't get up. It takes a lot of a lot of uh, cardio to get back up from when you're taken down as a heavyweight, and they can't do it. And the thing about him, too, that's really, really impressive is he's not the grappler that we normally see at heavyweight. So we see the Curtis Blades at heavyweight. We see the Sergei Spivaks at heavyweight. We see the Alexander Romanovs at heavyweight, where they use these large movements to grapple. They use these large movements of bull rushing you or using a lot of strength. He uses technique to take these guys down. He double legs them, cuts the corner, and uses their own momentum against them. So he hardly has to lift a finger to take these guys down. I think Derek Lewis is going to get caught in a double leg within the first fucking 30 seconds of this fight. Ends up on his back. And I think he realizes he's going to make half a million no matter what. And he still has seven fights left on his contract. So what's Derek Lewis going to do? He's going to lay there and he's going to get submitted and he's going to go home happy to his red Lamborghini that he drives 90 miles per hour over the speed limit in his big house in Texas. And he's going to get another fight lined up where he's going to make another half milli. And he's going to get another six of those. And then he's just going to go off and ride into the sunset and live a great <laughs> life and be very, very happy. But this is just not the one for Derek Lewis, in my opinion. So that minus 120, uh, I bet it. It's my, my my big bet of the card. I'm feeling pretty comfortable with it. And it's still not very big, you know. Uh, it's not big compared to what I'm going to have on Diego Lopez in the next few weeks or what I had on Bobby Green or anything like that. But for this card, so it's my favorite bet. Go, why, don't you just go, why don't you just go take the uh, first round sub for plus 100? Because I'm scared it's for plus the difference between plus 100 and minus 120. It's too scary for me. Like, I'd rather have him by sub and then have the chance that he gets into the second round and subs him or something, you know? The plus 100, I was looking at it. I was tempted on it. 
And then I was like, oh, it's a little bit, only those 20 points or whatever it is, difference between it. It kept me on yeah. just a sub. I was also I was also tempted to put a little bit on uh, the double chance, which is Almeida by sub and then uh, Derek Lewis by knockout. Let me go look. I believe that, that was a little bit juiced, though. Let me go look quick. Just to make Here's sure. the thing. you got to remember, too, is, is like you said with the bull rush, like the Curtis Blades knockout was ferocious. Yeah. And if Almeida isn't super slick, it could be lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lewis has – he just has to touch you. He doesn't really have to – like he doesn't have to land a power shot. He just has the power in his hands that if he just touches you with even like the edge of his punch – Lights out for you. This will be a good. This will be a good fight, though. I'm excited. I think. I think, like you said, it's gonna be first round. Someone's, someone's going to sleep, and it's it's either you know one by sub and one by knockout. Yeah, it, it, to me, it just it's a crazy. It's a crazy fight. I mean, it's it's entertaining. It's gonna be one of those. Just it's gonna be quick. I think. If, let's agree. put it this way: if if Derek Lewis takes Almeida to a decision, and it goes either which way, I will be very impressed with Derek Lewis. Dude, if this goes into the third round, I'd be very impressed with Derek Lewis. Yeah. I don't see. I mean, if this goes to decision, that would be one of the crazier things, because right now the over one and a half is plus 300 what's the let me check on the odds for goes to decision just to see what this is yeah bro fight goes the distance is plus 1100 imagine that hits imagine these two just have a sloppy striking battle for five rounds uh yeah how crazy would that be i can i can see it but but Derek, Eric's all gas, no break. Yeah, he is. He proved that this week. I can't believe he got out of jail, man. I thought they'd keep you for, for being 90 over. Yeah. Well, he's also... Uh, well, he also said it wasn't him. I don't know if you saw that. He said <laughs> that, that was you funny, got bro. I don't know. That was I don't funny. Know who dude. that? Who that? Was. <laughs> so, um, they probably said, "Derek, you can't be doing this shit." He's gonna donate to the community, and then uh, he'll, he'll pay his his fine, and he'll go on his way. It's hard. How? How? You know what I mean? When you arrest Derek Lewis, everybody knows who he is. He's a huge local guy, so it's kind of like shit. Come on, Derek. What are you doing? Yeah, um, bro. If I could have dinner with one UFC fighter, I think it'd be Derek Lewis. Imagine how fun that would be. Do you think he'd wear pants? I hope not. I hope he doesn't. Well, well then that'd be a, a, a good night for you. Yeah, dude. I want to see his anaconda. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. 
Anyways, um, so I uh, think I, I think it should be an okay card. It's it's getting us primed for for the next card, um, which will be real amped up on. That's gonna be a, a espresso macchiato. Um, who knows what else? Americana. Maybe a chai, um, dude. Card. Yeah, a dirty chai from my boy Cheeto. What's a um, what's the difference between a normal chai and a dirty chai? Uh, dirty chai has a shot of espresso in it. Ooh, I fuck with that. I had a chai last week. It was pretty good. I'm gonna have to oh, do yeah? it dirty next time. I thought you didn't like the chais. You made fun of me last time. I did make fun of you, but that's just because I felt like making fun of you. Oh, okay. I think okay, it's because sure. I had a pumpkin and you told me I was I was a white lady or uh, something. Oh, yeah, that's right. You yeah. started it technically then. Well, dirty chais or what's up? I'll go for oh, it. Oh, all right. That was that was a good one. We get back on track with a little to to wet our whistle for for the big card coming up. Oh yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty solid. We got a lot of a lot of good prospects on this card to keep an eye on, but next week will be the big one. I mean, I'm just gonna go and I don't wanna we don't have to talk about nothing, but I'm just gonna go look at this card. Whew. Diego Lopez, baby. Let's go. We got Saint Denis. We got Jared Gordon, Mark Madsen. We got this Rebecca guy who's a dog. We got Sadikov versus Borshev. Man, and then we got those those top yeah. three, which everyone knows about. But good card. Going to be great fights next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, yeah, we're going to have some good uh, some coffee bets on that one for sure. Yeah, dude, we'll probably have, we'll have the, the main fight for sure. And then maybe maybe we have a couple because you know what I, you know what I did I canceled any of the coffee subscriptions that I have I canceled them all I'm like shit the fight's coming up <laughs> I'm not gonna need to buy coffee so, that's what you think I mean Gus Edwards this weekend's getting me some coffee so you better get you better get over to Walmart and get me my Folgers yeah possibly this weekend he's doing but it most likely most likely yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, uh, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone.